0: Hello and welcome to My Life on the Line, a podcast by Rev ref coach.
1: I'm Jack and as always I'm joined by Ale. On this podcast we show the humans behind the whistle, through the eyes of referees past and present, as well as a broader footballing world.
0: In today's episode, Jack and I get together with
1: Danielle from Referee Abroad and Hassan from Ref6 to discuss the Euro 2020 group stage. We certainly did LA and it's been an exciting tournament so far and there's lots more to come in the knockout stages. We talked about how we thought the tournament's gone, the key refereeing themes of the tournament, standout performances we've seen from referees and of course the assistant referees, we talk about the exchange between Connonball and UEFA and finally we talk about what's next, who's our tip for the final, who do we think are going to get the big games. Here's today's show.
2: I recommend a on-field review. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Okay, okay,
1: Danny Ali, Hassan, good to see you. Thanks for joining us tonight or today. Uh, thanks for having us <laughs> uh,
3: today. Yes, thank you very much, guys. <laughs> that's,
1: that's
0: been one of the recurring things for the Euros. Every time we have a live to discuss the, the last round, I tell the guys. Tomorrow, tomorrow. And they're like, no, 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 Ali, tonight.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: so, of course, on that note, that the whole theme of this podcast is we're talking about Euro 2020. Uh, there's been a lot happening. We've been doing our review shows, which are exciting. Hassan, I know you've been doing some cool stuff with Ref six around the Euros, which has been brilliant. Um, but let's delve in straight away. Uh, Daniele, what's your take on the
3: tournament so far? What do you think? I think it's been a good tournament. Raffling-wise, the standard of has been great. Uh, probably the best of the last few editions, so per play to uh, both the referees and, of course, the, their leadership, so Roberto Rossetti and, and the committee. Um, I mean, as you guys said in, in the in the past few weeks, we've been analysing the episodes, and sometimes it was difficult to find episodes to analyse because the referees did, did well, and mm-hmm. of course, the uh, VAR helped a lot, too. Um, you guys probably have I've, I've heard that uh, uh, Rossetti, the head of refereeing of, of UEFA, uh, at a press conference yesterday, when it, when it did a bit of a, re- a recap of the tournament, and and rightly so, he was very satisfied with the with the outcome, and I believe that uh, maybe for the first time in history of football, all pundits agree with him, um, and um, yeah, <laughs> of course we'll talk later about uh, standouts and episodes and, and so on but but uh, the, my overall assessment is uh, very close to a 10
1: and you're you're a hard man to impress daniele so that is uh, <laughs> strong words of praise indeed Hassan, what did you think and anything different to daniele
2: no uh, refereeing wise it's been perfect almost I, I don't think you can get perfect but it's been as close to perfect as you can get um uh, as a as a football tournament as a whole i feel like the it's not really sparked into life just yet. It's been fe- it's been very cautious and cagey. Uh, not until the last games of the last group yeah. was it was it really starting to kind of liven up. And obviously, we're going into the knockout rounds now, so I expect it to to really become more exciting. And looking forward to some really big games, even already. It's not really even a clear favourite right now. I know Italy have done you know well, but, nice. but people could say well. They've had some, you know, easier games. And you look at France, who everyone's were favourite, but they've drawn two games. So, you know, it, it's everyone's to, to win. You know, we could even see like a replica of Greece and Denmark's famous yeah. wins. You know, there could yeah. be someone come from nowhere.
0: Could have you know, Austria. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. Ukraine and Sweden have got each other and then they've got a, you know, that's on the easy side of the draw. Who knows? You, you You actually can't predict it. Um, but but overall, cautiously optimistic that it's going to be become a little bit more lively and more exciting as the knockouts go. And yeah, the refereeing has been spot on. You know, some great refereeing performances all around, all all, all across the the spectrum of referees that have uh, have participated so far. And the assistant refereeing has been spot on. You know, there's been I think I, I don't want to. It's around five or six. Goals that have been either given offside or not given offside that have been overruled. That's it. And all of them were by tight margin. So the offside yeah. decisions by the yeah. ARs has been on point. So yeah, yeah. amazing.
1: Yeah. And um, we'll talk about standout performances a little bit later, but absolutely the assistance across the board, not singling anybody out, but the assistance as a whole have been first class and definitely what you're saying about it's been not a cagey group stage, but nothing has set anything on fire. So I think everybody is really waiting for these round of 16 games with a lot of anticipation. There's some mouth-watering ties coming up. Uh, England-Germany, obviously, is top of my agenda personally. Um, huge game. And there's a few other massive Belgium-Portugal-Belgium. Belgium, Portugal-Belgium. Portugal, Belgium. Yeah. Portugal, yeah. Belgium. yeah. Yeah. And, of course, coming with big games comes the need for, for big, big refereeing performances. And uh, we, we've Definitely. seen a, a couple of appointments come out already, which we will talk about later on later on in the podcast but exciting things are coming that is for sure key themes what are we thinking so far mm-hmm. well, one that stands out for me that we seem to have talked about a lot um in our review sessions and, and la's LA done an incredible job of pulling together everything we've been doing for that but it, it's been around those stunts on foot challenges i feel like that's no. a- across the three euro review sessions we've done that's been a really consistent theme and and how the benchmark, I'm not sure if benchmark is the right word, but the threshold for these challenges has been raised slightly, you know, over the last couple of years, any challenge where studs on foot has really been a mandatory yellow card, whereas we've seen the threshold really raised from that, and it's given us some interesting episodes and, and topics of discussion that we've pulled apart, but keen to hear your thoughts on that, and then obviously your your thoughts on different topics altogether, Ale?
0: Yeah, I think that's actually a consequence
1: of modern football, really. Because if you think about
0: uh, how much faster, how much quicker, and how much more skilled players are these days, obviously getting a stomp on a foot, it's a lot easier than what it was even five years ago. If you think about the Mbappe, the Pogba, the, uh, all these super skillful players that. Can really do some magic with the ball at times. It's easy when you're trying to tackle them to stomp on their on their feet. So I think that's a natural evolution of football. Where look, not every stomp has to be a yellow card. Then obviously there is the the complete opposite of the scale with the red card that um, Attagan gave in the Italy Wales game, where that was more than a stomp on the foot, but was still quite similar, uh, comparable. And you know I think there's been those two sort of um, sides of, of the medal from, from those challenges, which has been quite interesting. Um, but the best thing, which I love, Nasan, you said in the first live we did, said it's it feels like it's always been the same referee. Yeah. So they've all been interpreted the same way each game, which is fantastic, because even for referees watching from home, you know what's expected
3: out of those challenges, which I think is great. I, th- I think... Another thing to add, um, of course, I agree with, with everything you said about Stamps on Food, uh, but another standout would be a uh, key point would be the uh, handball, handball considerations, because as you know, uh, this was the first uh, tournament to apply the new considerations for uh, punishment of anballs. So mm-hmm. this could have been. Difficult, you know, being the very first in the world to do that, it, it could have proved challenging, but uh, just like Rossetti said yesterday in his, in his press conference, uh, the application of the new directives has been uh, very consistent and, uh, and uh, the referees have done a good job, even even though in a, in a challenging environment. Um, so, yeah, I mean, of course, there have been a few errors. Uh, Rossetti himself mentioned a few, but, but that's absolutely normal. And um, going forward, this this is a pretty solid base to, to work on. So that, that's another probably key takeaway from from this uh, this tournament. Um, and and, and uh, like you said, um, uh, Ale, um, also to me and and to other people around Europe, um, it looked like there was only one referee on the field, as if the same guy refereed all games. So consistency has been achieved and and we know how difficult it is to do that. I mean, myself, when I... That is so hard.
1: Leagues, you know, leagues have the same referees week on week on week on week, year on year on year and can't achieve consistency, whether that be in EPL or even in the Champions League. It's more consistent, but there's still variances. I mean, from my my standpoint... I've got no idea the answer to this question, but how how do you think that's been achieved?
3: Well, I think... There have been, for sure. Um, I mean, they've done a lot of work together over the season. Of course, the fact that uh, these referees, except uh, very few, were referees that were heavily used during the Champions League season, uh, that that probably helped a lot. Um, but but also the new referees that came in uh, were properly briefed. Um, so I think there was mm-hmm. a, a great job by the committee and 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 the coaches of of the referees. To make sure that we're all on the same page um so yeah fair play to them for for this you know consistency is 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 one of those big words in football and in refereeing that everybody wants to achieve but nobody mm-hmm. usually does you know it's like it's like sort mm-hmm. of uh, you know going to our our own going to the moon you know reaching the moon and and as the sun said before we can't reach perfection ever uh, but we're very close to that and and uh, this has been a
2: big uh, takeaway from, from this tournament, for sure. The definition of clear and obvious and VAR. I, I, I actually think this is probably the biggest um, the biggest uh, thing in the tournament.
0: I th- you read my mind. You absolutely read my mind, yeah.
2: <laughs> because VAR has... Everyone is saying, this is how VAR should be, right? And basically, and all it is, is the bar for clear and obvious has gone up massively. They've, you know, there are certain fouls or pen- or penalty uh incidents that could have happened, such as Sterling against uh, Stoppard, right, could have been given as a foul, given as a penalty. Kingsley Coman against Portugal was fouled, could have been given as a penalty, and in many of the top leagues may have. And I think what they're looking, what, what I think they've implemented this in this Euros is literally clear and obvious means clear and obvious error. Not, Subjective. If we had a room of 100 referees, 50 would say one, 50 would say another. It has to be stone wall. There's an error here, and that is the, in my opinion, the correct implementation of how people want VAR to be implemented. Yeah. And I think in the past, too many times there's been those subjective. Oh, I think it's a penalty, but the referee hasn't. And yeah. you know, again, if you put that in a clip in a room, it's going to go 50-50. Those are the ones that should not be getting reviewed. So I think that has been one of the standout performances as a whole is again the consistency amongst the var's yeah
1: it's been pretty phenomenal actually the fact that the only time i've heard var being mentioned is in a positive way and since var came in what was it three four years ago it's really only been negative connotations around var i think when var was designed this is probably what the people who designed it truly had in mind but like anything new and it's the p- biggest change we've had in in football well possibly since the offside rule came in uh, yeah. which was long before we were in, involved in football it's a monumental change it's going to take time but if this can set the benchmark for future var uses i, I think everybody will be happier players oh. pundits fans referees we've seen in the premier league how challenging it's been for them to implement it in all leagues really because in italy it's been
0: that like i think that's probably why this euro was good for vr because it's the first time probably that they actually got all the officials from all different countries in one room and told it clearly this is how we want you to use them Mm. uh, without them then going back to their leagues and being told something different yeah because in italy it's used one way which is relatively consistent but at the same time a bit random then in england at the same time it's changed a couple of times but it's the same thing different issues but if you look at the trends starts being used in one way then people are maybe it's not the right way so we change now it's more you also have officials obviously that are the top of europe Mm. uh so which helps which means their mistakes are reduced to a minimum but at the same time there's been this directive of look use it this way, and it's been used that way, and it's been amazing. I think football has been winning thanks to VAR in this tournament. So if this sets an example of how VAR should be used for all the leagues in the world, it just could be the biggest turnaround for VAR in, since its creation.
3: I keep mentioning that, I know, but but it was very interesting what Rosetti said in his press conference. He briefly touched on the subject of VAR too. Uh, and he said uh, of course that vr he used a, a nice metaphor because he said that vr is like a new vehicle that needs an experienced driver and he said he he was very happy with the outcome just like like we discussed together and uh, but he also said something very interesting he said VAR is not here to change football we want football to remain the sport that it has always been vr is only here to help so He said that his objective, and the objective of all the WAFA refereeing class, and I suppose also PIFA, of course, but he was talking for WAFA, is to find the right balance between minimum intervention and maximum benefit. That's the sentence he used. And I think it sums up very well um, what everybody thinks.
1: Mm. Well, that's been the the tagline for VAR since it came out in its first edition, but as we've articulated, it, it's become murky. It's become changed. It's become influenced. And uh, you see, for you example,
3: uh, Jack. Just sorry for interrupting. Um, there's a, there's a lot of people, especially pundits, media, you know, that sometimes say, "Oh, uh, but that was an error. Uh, what did we introduce VAR for? If you if you don't change that, but that's not the point of VAR. You know that. Absolutely. That's the thing. Yeah. And and made it clear yesterday. And that's where it comes
1: down to education. And yeah. sure, tournament football is a bit different where uh, Rossetti can get up and have these press conferences and uh, explain what things are and how they're used. Like in, in I'll say the real world, but league football, it, it would be very hard for every week, the referee's boss of the league to come out and have a frank conversation like that. But uh, very, very different, difficult because first of all, it's teams, not nations, which is completely different. And, and teams have owners, Uh, who put a lot of money to club nations are different. So it is unique in the way they've been able to do that and the way they've been able to educate the whole football world. So they may have it slightly easier, but there's no doubt that they've really hit the mark on on VAR. And hopefully uh, the rest of the world can take it going forward like this. It would be interesting to see, and I haven't watched one game, but comparing to um, Copa America... Yeah. you know, Have they hit the nail on the head like you ever have? I, I don't know.
3: I agree, 100%.
1: So we talked about the assistants and how they've had an incredible tournament so far across the board. Daniele, I know through Referee Abroad on your socials, you've been really positive in your praise for assistance in particular. So do you want to maybe kick off and talk us through your thoughts on the assistance, on who's been such a standout in that space and, and why?
3: I mean, I don't want to name names because it would be unfair. I, I would for sure forget somebody and it would be unfair. But just like Hassan said before, I think uh, refereeing has been great, but assistant refereeing even even more. I mean, in, uh, in the football, like national teams football, where you know the best teams from every nation. The best, uh, sorry, player from every nation plays. Uh, you know you have this very quick style of play, and and keeping up with the with the last defender, it can be it can prove especially challenging. And um, we've seen a couple of decisions where uh, the assistance was absolutely spot on and right, confirmed by a that was so tight, like literally a tour over the line or something. And and I think that's that's. It's been amazing, and even the errors, even the few times that uh, a goal was either disallowed or, or allowed uh, contrary to the to the advice of the assistant referee, it's always been for very very minor uh, mistakes. So that 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 proves uh, that that the assistant referees for this tournament have been have been great. I mean, if I really needed to name somebody, I would most certainly uh, talk about. Uh, uh, the two ARs of, of Anthony Taylor, for example. Um, so Gary and, and Adam, they've been, they've been spot on on every decision. There was a game. I think, I think it was Anthony's second game, uh, where Gary, yeah. Gary had six close decisions to take and yeah, they a hundred percent success rate. I mean, amazing, really amazing. That's superhuman. Yeah. That's superhuman. Exactly. <laughs> I amazing. mean, you know, uh, you probably heard in, in, in the past few weeks that, um, fifa is uh, um, trying to experiment a new system to help assistant referees which involves some sort of robotic intelligence you know Uh, which by the way i don't want to confuse people but it it wouldn't replace assistant referees it would just be an help for them you know sometimes you wonder okay we know that probably the future will add that way as arsene wenger also said but sometimes you wonder whether that's really necessary because they, they they are robots themselves our assistants you know they're so they're so amazing and you know also danilo or sato's assistants have been great uh the italians but also um typer's assistants you know uh, so i yeah. think overall uh, um, whoever is in charge I'm, I'm not sure who's in charge this year for assistant referees but uh the committee at least must must be really happy with their performance
1: absolutely Ale what about you standout performances for me I've been
0: uh I actually have really enjoyed watching Anthony Taylor refereeing I've always liked his style because I think he's a good mix of uh English refereeing and uh, and European refereeing I think he's very good at management but um can also be closer to by the book if you want Um, but yeah, I, th- I, I liked him, obviously, especially his proof, his proof to be so resilient with the Ericsson incident when yeah. he was so quick to respond to that incident. But also the strength to come back on the field and referee and then go and do a second game after that, which could have been easily a very, um, you know, a very destructive experience for lots of people yeah. i mean yeah. and doing it with uh, with this with the abilities and showing his his true skills as he did that's It deserves lots of prizes i really hope to see him in the final with italy now, obviously a bit uh, as a fan of, of my nation as a fan of refereeing i think he, he so my so far has been my favorite um performer um and but i also want to praise um the south americans for coming in into a completely different confederation and sort of proving to be uh up to the task Which yeah. it's not always easy when you come especially yeah, from south america to european football
1: yeah and we'll park that just for a sec because that we'll park that for now because that's someone i want to pull apart and explore a little bit later because it's something uh it's not the first time as we've talked about in the reviews but it's quite unique so we'll park park that for now um but absolutely taylor's been fantastic obviously as an englishman well, English from Australian, very proud of, of Taylor, Hassan. I know you've been very vocal on Ref6 backing Team Tails and, and Team Oliver, and they've both put in really good performances. Yeah. But what's been a standout for you, Hassan?
2: Yeah, no, I, I think they've uh, both been great. But The whole teams um, uh, of Antti Taylor and Michael Oliver. I uh, am a big fan of Rappanelli, how he's come in, and we'll talk about him. Yeah. Um, I think La has been uh, obviously easier to comment on him because he's had one more game than anyone else, and uh, uh, I think, although some people may may disagree on the Portugal France game, I, I, I don't. I think he he's had a great tournament so far, um, and I think he's taken his form in from the last few games in the Champions League into this tournament, and I think I think he will be a strong contender for the final. If Spain don't get there, just because you know UEFA trust him, they gave him a uh, couple of the biggest games in in this round uh, in the group stages, and they gave him the Champions League final, which he pulled off effortlessly. So he's going to be the one who's who's going to be up in the conversation at the end of the tournament. and and Michael Oliver, I'm sure, will be um, have, have done a great. Uh, have given a great account of themselves too. And there's been some really other strong performances the, the usual suspects, right? Uh, Chakir, Brick, uh, Kuypers, but also some of the younger referees coming through like Sibeth from,
1: yeah,
0: from Germany. Yeah, and, I wanted to touch
2: you know, like, him.
1: And he's the, um, yeah. correct my word, in no. the category, he's not the top category, is it that guy? Yeah, yeah is that, is it, in
3: Wayfair, in Wayfair you've got one, four it? categories. They used to be five, uh, but they're now four. Um, and when you become a FIFA referee, you start from the bottom, uh, which is Category 3. Um, unless you are from one of the five big nations, Italy, France, England, Spain and Germany, in that case, uh, uh, you start straight from Category 2 and you go up. And of course, usually up until this year, uh, the only referees that are under consideration for a place at one of the major tournaments, so either a Euro or uh, or uh, the World Cup, or even the knockout phases of of the European competitions, not the group stage, but the knockout, had always been referees that belonged to the top category, which is the uh, elite, the elite category. Uh, but this year, uh, yet another revolution introduced, positive revolution introduced by by Rossetti. Um, there were two category ones selected, so uh, it was it was a big surprise, and I think a positive one. One was a uh, Andreas Ekberg from, from Sweden, uh, and the other one was of course, uh, yeah, and the other one was uh, Daniel Siebert yeah. from, from Germany, who uh, was a huge surprise because uh, he had. Uh, keep in mind, Germany has got four elite referees already, and so mm. he's uh, on paper at least number five in Germany, but he's done so well over the last season that in uh, one uh, jump. He, he got straight to number two and, and he got selected for the, for the Euros. And, uh, you know, some people and some pundits were commenting on that before the beginning of the tournament, saying that it was a bit of a risk on Rosetti's side, that he would probably just do one game and go home. Instead, he got two games in the group stage and now he's got a knockout game today, Wales-Denmark. So that proves that... It he's yeah. performed really well. is uh, incredible. I mean... We know Felix Brick is from Germany and he's he's going to be number one. He's always going to be number one for Germany. But once Brick retires, I'm confident to say that that Germany is is in good hands.
0: Follow us on our Facebook or YouTube to join us or review all the Euro Matchday reviews
1: with our son, Daniele, Jack and Ale. Hassan mentioned something that to me was really interesting and it ties in with the consistency theme that we've talked about. And that is, we talk about the names we've just talked about. These guys have been around in the UEFA top competitions for what seems like an incredibly long time. Like, yeah. you, Kuypers has been in the Champions League doing top games for oh, at least six, seven years. It, it, it may be longer, I don't know, but there's quite a few people in that space and maybe that leads to that level of consistency because these guys have been singing off the same hymn sheet for so long it's not like in a world cup where you know you they've been thrown together from all the different confederations but because these guys have been working together for such a long time
0: 12 years kipers 12 years elite fifa since 2009
3: yeah
1: 12 years and, and there's many
3: more in his book, which... yeah, uh, Jack. Something along what you're saying, uh, Chakir from from Turkey, he would be another standout because you know Chakir got his Champions League final quite a few years ago now, um, Champions League final, sorry, and um, that's when he peaked originally. And then many people were talking, saying, "Oh, Chakir is no longer the Chakir he used to be. You know, he's not performing at the same level as uh, as he when he did the big games." You know. Keep in mind, Shakira had a semi-final in the last year or so four years ago. So he was already the top 10. Uh,
2: but he's back. Is- and, and he had a semi-final in the World Cup. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah
3: right. that, that too, yeah. So he, he, he's back at the levels he, he got used us to. And that's another, another sign of the great job that Wait has done. Because even these more experienced referees, he kept them motivated and he brought them back to the level they used to be. So uh, Shakira is most certainly another standout for me
2: and just just the dedication to be at the top for that long you've got to think about the amount of fitness work that they've been doing the amount of traveling they do the time away from their family because you know like they're they're all over the place all over you know when we talk about Kuiper's he's obviously doing the Eredivisie in 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 the Netherlands but then in the week he's traveling all over Europe and you know and then Every four years, he may be all around the world because of the World Cup. Yeah. So the amount of kind of sacrifice they have, they don't have a normal life. Yeah. You know, don't get me wrong, they're privileged to be at that level. And they've worked really hard to get there. But they also have had a lot of sacrifices. So to be able to kind of be that consistent at that level with all those sacrifices is incredible. It, it's, that's a also, great point,
1: Hasan. It, it's yeah. like players. It's exactly the same yeah. as players, you know. is being at that more,
3: level. Probably more.
1: Yeah, well, yeah and you don't have the team you travel <laughs> yeah. with you have your small team yeah. but it's a small group you don't have all your coaches physios you know you don't have that that real group it, it's incredibly impressive that they've they've gone out and done that of course unfortunately they're well probably fairly but unfortunately not paid as quite as well yeah. as the players are to, to do the same thing but we it, wish yeah, we <laughs> wish. it's a fantastic <laughs> point you raise, Hassan, on and one that is probably overlooked where we look yeah. at the people staying at this level they're just people you Know this amount of time yeah. and sacrifice, it's going to have impacts on you know. You think of Kuiper's, if he had he's what 50 or, or 45, he had kids who were maybe 48. three or four when he started at that level. Those kids are now teenagers, yeah. Uh,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. I'm glad you brought it up because that's because yeah, that's so 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 true. Like these people have sacrificed so much. He yeah, had the refereeing and the Euros and everything, but. Half of their lives it basically have been dedicated to refereeing and it's a sacrifice that must not go unspoken of. It, they, they deserve they deserve to be praised for that.
3: Yeah, I wanted to mention one, one more thing, which is, uh, um, you know, we talk about consistency, uh, uh, which is great, but it's even greater if you consider that we have two completely different generations of refereeing in this group. Yeah, we've cool, got yeah. the the older the, we got the older guys like Kuypers, yeah. which I believe is is forty eight, born in seventy three. Yeah. You've got somebody like Siebert that we talked about just uh, just a few minutes ago, who was born in eighty four, so he's, he's eleven years younger. You know, so UEFA has achieved consistency with two sets of referees that are completely different from each other, and at the same time is keeping the uh, legends of refereeing like Kuyper's break, Shakir performing at a very great, at a great level, but they are also making sure that when they retire, there's some, there's younger guys ready to step in. It's brilliant
1: management, isn't it? It's succession planning.
3: It's it's, probably
0: one of the hardest challenges in refereeing as well, like keeping the talent coming through.
1: Yeah, we see it personally at a a local level um, here in our state, you know, there's been some really good referees coming through and then, you know, you see a bit of a gap and then another group come through. It's, but they, I mean, we, we seem to be full of praise for UEFA in, in this episode, but it's true, it's deserved, They're it's ticking, true, it's, the, it's <laughs> ticking every single box, and that leads quite, quite nicely into something we've touched on already, which is the exchange between UEFA and Conable, how do you say it? Conable. Conable uh the, the South American Federation. So we've had um, the Spanish referee go over and referee in Copa America, and we've had uh, the is he Argentinian, Argentinian the yes. Argentinian referee come over to um you uh to referee in the, the Euros and, and we touched on in the review it happened with an Egyptian referee before but it's um pretty unique, pretty new. What are your what
3: are your thoughts, gents? I, I think he did amazingly well as you guys said. You know, it's not easy to come from South America into Europe because there are two completely different ways of playing football and and even refereeing, you know, because we know we know that South America needs a much different style of, of refereeing. So I think Rappalini and his uh, and his two ARs did, uh, did an amazing amazing job. I mean, many people were expecting these to be more of a pro forma thing that they would maybe do one yeah. game, two games, and go home. But now, just today, it was announced that, that Rappalini and his team are going to referee a knockout stage game. Which is uh, which is uh, a proof of, of the amazing job they've done. Uh, the referee France against uh, Switzerland, I believe. I, and and I also think I really like this idea of the exchanges. I mean, I, I work in, in referee exchanges. Uh, yeah, you're biased. You know. <laughs> you're biased. Uh. <laughs> yeah, okay. I I'm biased. That's that's all we do. But but uh, it's nice to see those things at the high level because uh, because uh, it also um, makes sure it, it helps FIFA. Because it ensures that the referees that will go to the World Cup will be even better prepared, you know. So I really like that.
2: I was I was literally just going to say that point is this isn't the the Euros is a great tournament. It's a huge tournament, but actually, you know, really the World Cup is the one, right? And so what we want is the best referees at the World Cup as well. And if you can get experience refereeing in different countries then you're going to be a stronger referee. And if you're refereeing in different countries during the biggest tournaments, even better. So uh, 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 a friend of mine, Matthew Conger, is a New Zealand referee. He referees in different countries. You know, he's refereed in Australia, in oh, China, he, in Saudi he's Arabia. He's the worldwide worldwide. <laughs> referee anywhere. Yeah. Uno, dos, But, but But Yeah, but it's super technical, right? It's super tactical because he's trying to develop his skill set to be a well-rounded referee, to understand different football cultures and stuff like this. So um, he's purposely done it himself, but the fact that UEFA and FIFA and Commonwealth are starting to make this happen, because I think it's been happening with like OFC, AFC and some other um, regions too in the past, um, I, I think it will be the norm and... And in truth, it's just going to make refereeing stronger everywhere. And you mentioned a bit before about, you know, UEFA have done a great job in bringing the the youngsters through, et cetera. But I want to go one further because they can only pick from what's been developed in each country, right? So every country is doing an absolutely fantastic job in trying to, you know, promote referees and develop them. And that's at their top levels, but all the way down to when a new referee starts. This isn't like... This isn't something that happens overnight. This this is 10, 15 years of development that we're starting to see kind of come to fruition. And, um, you know, people's, there's still a lot of work to do. I think, I think refereeing could even be uh, much better at grassroots level in the development. But, um, you know, it's getting there and slowly by slowly. And, and, and if already now we're watching a tournament where we can't tell the difference between the referees, imagine in 10 years when all the referees are super developed and there's much more you know, training and development and their they're athletes even more so than they are today. So it's super exciting for the refereeing world.
1: It's just a positive news story, isn't it? It's yeah. not often that we have referees being talked about in such a positive light. And hopefully, like we've talked about with VAR, hopefully this positive news story will, will continue when the, you know, the European seasons start back up in August, September.
2: I think we have to give credit to the pundits as well for actually calling it yeah. out, you know, yeah. because it's quite easy to... It's quite easy for them to, you know, they don't get me wrong. If there's a mistake, they can find it and they spot it and they talk about it quickly, right? But, um, you know, when there is a good performance, it's quite easy for them to just completely brush over it. But the fact that, that you know they've been, um, voicing their opinions in a positive way is great because it just helps, um, those referees coming through when they go out and do a local game that you know that there's some positivity around refereeing it's not just all negativity so that's great
1: yeah and there has always been advocates of refereeing in the punditry commentary commentary world when when we had Derek Ray on yeah. uh, almost a year ago he yeah. he really opened our eyes to someone who was genuinely such an advocate of referees and wanted referees to be to be viewed in a positive light he wasn't just someone who was there looking for you know a, a spin headline or a controversial headline he you know, really empathized and, yeah. and took the time to understand refereeing, which which can only lead to more positive outcomes, like Kassan just mentioned.
3: I wish that happened in Italy too, but it doesn't. Um, I'm not. How <laughs> oh, were <well,
1: laughs> you really and Ale yeah. Can speak? Yeah, it's a bit different.
0: It's a bit different back at home. I'm on. not. I'm <laughs> not
3: sure if Ale you've seen the the titles of the main newspapers? Ah, uh, yeah, yesterday. it's yeah. been yeah. Yeah, one of the um,
0: newspapers in Italy titled Be careful, the referee English, about the knocker. And I'm, and I'm thinking, who, how, how do you actually sell papers? The, the, Controversy, the,
3: clicks. The, the, funny thing, the funny thing was that you mentioned two things. First of all, uh, you know, there's been a debate in Europe about whether to play the final at Wembley because of the rising COVID cases there. Um, and so uh, this paper was trying to connect the fact that uh, the governments were advancing some doubts about uh, the playing at Wembley with the fact, oh, now they sent us an English referee so it will take revenge of us because we doubted of them. That that was one (laughs) thing. (laughs) And and then the second thing was that Taylor (laughs) refereed the last game Italy-Holland 1-1 where uh, Italy conceded a goal. And so that's also suspicious according to them. You know? (laughs) evil eye
1: it's the evil eye (laughs) it it comes uh, I don't want to get off topic and and change the podcast but it it comes back to you know how do these papers make money it's to get people to yeah. buy them what do people want to read about oh it's controversy it's this it's that you know it, it all comes back to what's the why why are they doing this uh, and that's it to sell newspapers people aren't going to buy a newspaper where the headline is the referees are brilliant
0: shame is this this newspaper it's uh, out of the top 20 in uh, in italy because uh, they've been going down yeah, for a while uh, so uh,
3: yeah <laughs> but unfortunately it was the, the, the same uh, trend line was caught by a bigger uh, sports uh, tv channel as well so it yeah. was not only that newspaper. But yeah, I mean, what you said about Derek is absolutely true. And, and it's great that he does that. I just wish everybody did that. But uh, yeah, maybe step, step by step, step by step. Yeah. Agree.
1: You summed it up well, Daniele. Finally, chaps, I think, you know, Hassan mentioned at the very start that everyone's looking forward to the Round of 16. There's some massive games, some exciting games. And we said that exciting games comes with massive referee performances. So what do we think is next? We know a couple of the... So this has been recorded uh, on the weekend before we release on, on Wednesday. So we know a few appointments for Round of 16 at this time. And, and Daniele, I know you've been studying the history of some appointments and how that might look and influence this tournament. But who who's your tip for the final? Who's your tip for the big games? What are we thinking?
3: Well, I mean, of course, uh, I must say that... Uh, that uh, UEFA has surprised many with the appointments so uh, they would probably surprise us again uh, but uh, of course as you, as you said uh, um, the final the final referee will be a referee that probably does a big game in knockout stage there's there's at least four or five referees that that in my opinion uh, could uh, aim for the final much mm-hmm. will depend also on which teams uh, go through because you know if Depending on, of the, on the national. When
1: England make the final, it's going to rule out obviously Taylor ah. and Oliver.
3: Exactly. So <laughs> i keep dreaming. Uh, I mean, <laughs> if, huh? if I if let's okay, this is just a game. So if if I need to put a bet, I'm not. By the way, we're not playing money, so from people listening. Pure, to purely the, yeah, pure, purely pure hypothetical. Purely hypothetical. So if I need to put a bet, I would probably say that right now my two favorites for uh, for the final are either Felix Breck of Germany or Anthony Taylor. Because they did great, they've been praised for their great performances, and also one of the two teams won't be in the final because they're playing each other. So, so yeah. I see mm-hmm. them too as, as uh, the early favorites, front runners, let's put, let's put it that way. Um, but there's a couple of others that may as, uh, as well be in the, in, the, in the game. I'm thinking about Kuypers, of course, uh, which... Uh, this is a classic. This is probably his last major tournament of his career because he's 48, so it would be a great way to to crown his career. Uh, but he's definitely uh, up there in the in my consideration. Uh, but also, I would probably also mention uh, um, Danilo Rosato of Italy. is 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 another very reliable referee uh, who could uh, could be there or in a semi-final. His biggest problem yeah.
1: will be being Italian because as we've talked about, the Italians look so strong.
3: Yeah, but Italy is also on the outside side of the draw, so you never know because, okay, they, they play Austria yeah. tonight. Everybody's assuming Italy will win against Austria, me included, but uh, you never know. But uh, uh, let's assume they win against Austria. Uh, they'll meet either Belgium or Portugal in the next game and that's going to be tricky run it's going to be tricky especially because okay they played really well in the group stage but they haven't really played major teams you know so um, and with all respect uh, due respect for Wales of course yeah you know uh, Turkey was supposed to be a big team but they were a disappointment in this in these years so you know,
1: yeah true know. we never know Yeah, maybe Asado will, will, will get lucky Ale what do you think who, who are your tips uh, I, I would like I, I personally I have
0: as i said before i i really enjoy watching taylor so i would love even though i i don't know if he's a real candidate but i would love to see him in the final
1: it's um, his first major tournament yeah right?
0: uh, i believe so yeah so it's probably hard but i think for what he's done even in the champions league this season to be honest i think he's done really really well and it's been two years where he's been at the real top in my opinion so it would be great I think he deserves it. All in all,
2: the, the, the one thing I'll say though is Mark Clattenburg did it in the uh, in his first uh, major tournament, right? So he did the Euros. True. However, yeah. but then True. on on that fact is it's very rare that you're going to get the same re- uh, referee from the same country do it two. two two in a row. So that may be a challenge. Yeah. But like like Danielle yeah. said, uh, Rossetti's done things unconventionally in the past. So who knows? Exactly.
1: It, yeah, and it is. It is highly likely taylor will be at the next euro oh yes yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah.
0: i also think to be honest i I wouldn't count laos out of the picture
1: yeah because hassan mentioned this as well didn't he? yeah despite
0: a couple of controversial decisions in his last game which was probably the hardest game of the tournament so far i still think he's at three excellent games Mm -hmm. so again because rossetti hasn't done things conventionally, images go, well, there was a couple of controvers- controversial decisions, but who cares? He's still been one of the strongest referees of the tournament. So why not still keep him as an option to count on him in the biggest game yeah. of the tournament? Yeah,
2: look, my, my opinion is I agree with all the names that have mentioned. I don't think anyone's uh, really done themselves harm during the group stage, really. Um, yeah. But I also don't think anyone's put their name on it. So I I think these games are going to be the key games. I I want to throw a really big spanner uh, in the works and talk about a complete outsider, which is Karasev from Russia. Um, You know, I I don't think they've had a... He's not always been my favourite referee, but I think his performance has been pretty good. So who knows? Uh, He's got a round of 16 game today. So uh, I might be in my words, or this may be a golden prediction, right? (laughs) Who knows? (laughs)
0: So <laughs> can I uh, put five uh, and he didn't uh, see what happens <laughs> can
3: I just uh, say something about what that just said Karazov uh, have you noticed those his, his observer on the next game it's Rosetti right yeah, yeah. It, it, it's Rosetti he must mean yeah. something right yeah exactly yeah.
1: and, and well, we 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 love reading into these UEFA appointments what does it
3: mean well, why well, is he well, there we're probably what, reading where is this going to something that doesn't exist but uh, you know <laughs> <laughs>
2: We're all I know <laughs> is if I get this right, then you need to. We need to blow this up when when it happens. Uh, this this little clip of me predicting.
1: <laughs> we we can snip this up <laughs> and then when the final <laughs> appointment is announced to San, you can you can splurt that all over the website. And then you can give me lots of numbers, <laughs> Yeah, <right>? yeah. <laughs> Look, I,
2: I think it's a complete outside chance. I think there are a, a lot of bigger names there, but you know, I, like I said, no one's put their name on it, and every everything's to play for in these next few games
0: yeah and that's the beauty of a tournament any referee that is taken to the tournament really in theory has the skills and
1: opportunity to get that final because it's a tournament and that's the beauty of it so lads some some fascinating insights i know we've been all over the tournament through our our match day reviews but it's been great to have the opportunity to pause take stock and, and consider what has been and then importantly look to what could be coming. It's clearly going to be a fascinating and exciting round of 16 and beyond. There's going to be some brilliant refereeing performances, plenty of talking points, I'm sure, and hopefully the positivity surrounding referees will, will continue because that is only a good thing for for refereeing. So, gents, really appreciate you joining us. Hassan, Daniele, and Ale, it's great to be with you in person again and really appreciate your time. and. Look forward to seeing you guys on the the next match day review after the round of 16s. Perfect. Thanks for
2: having us.
1: Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more, hit the subscribe button. For more referee education, join our Facebook group and become a Ref Coach member for free at refcoach.org. If you like the work we do, you can support us by purchasing a RefCoach whistle to show that you are part of the RefCoach community when you're out on the pitch.